0: You're in business because you have an idea, a spark, a passion, and it's your gift. It's the one that you have and you're bringing it to the world. I know it isn't easy and it requires commitment. You have to learn both the mechanics and leave room for the magic every day in your business. And I'm here for you to help you make a profit. I'm Don Kennedy, your host of the Profit Accelerator podcast. I'm an attorney, author, mentor, and CEO of a growing coffee company. I'm in this with you every single day. Thanks for joining me on the show that looks at all aspects of business, from the mindset to the sales to the money left over at the end of the month, with tips and strategies to help you navigate this amazing ride called entrepreneurship. Thanks for making us part of your journey. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Profit Accelerated Podcast. I'm really excited that we're talking today about whether or not you're still in love with your business. You may be running your business you have to do all the things in your business, but do you love it? So we brought on somebody who could talk to this and how you know, and maybe if you meet to make a change, the best way to do that. So Stephanie, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Why don't you tell everyone who you are and who you serve?
1: I certainly can. I am Stephanie Hayes. I am a business strategist and coach, and I work with small businesses and solo entrepreneurs that are trying to fall back in love with their business, they often um, come to me with, uh, you know, a, a feeling that their business just isn't serving them any longer. And so we realign their business model and find that next step for them that's going to make them feel really, really comfortable. And you know, as a result, they often find that their business starts to be far more successful.
0: So I like the way you said that the business isn't serving them because when we go into business, isn't it supposed to be all about the customer, right? So we spend months trying to nail down our ideal customer. I'm with you, though. I'm not sure that's the right way to do business. Talk to me about that.
1: Okay, I'm so glad that you asked because this is the the hill I will die on. So when we go into business school or we go and take business courses, we're always taught to start with the customer. And you know, I that that's common the common approach and that's what we always learn and we always kind of default. But I remember sitting and talking to a customer once and she was just struggling so much with what her business was going to be. And we kind of circled the wagons. We went around and around and she liked photography and she liked something else and she liked relationships and she liked all, but everything was, you know, she had such low energy about everything that we were talking about. And then she started talking about a particular customer she had served and she just lit up and there was just all of this energy that came forward. And I thought, oh, we're talking about the wrong thing. We're talking about what her business is, whereas, whereas her passion is really coming from who that customer is. And so She actually should have followed the customer first approach. But what it actually made me realize is that our passions come from different parts of of the business based on who we are as people. And I I kept working with this and I kept sort of circling around this idea. And what I realized is that there's actually four pillars of passion. And one of these is gonna be ours. But sometimes it's the customer. And sometimes that's what really drives you. Like there's a particular person that you absolutely love working with. And for her, it was like these ultra spiritual kind of um, you know, shamans and that sort of thing. And that really lit her up. And she didn't care so much what she was doing for them. She just wanted to serve them. But when I thought about my own business, yeah, I know who I want to work with, but that wasn't what really drove me. What drove me was the way that I wanted to work. And then as I kind of pull back the layers on this i realized that sometimes it's actually your offer um i own a software company and that is you know our passion this product that we've created and then sometimes it's actually a particular skill that you have that you're so you know enamored by and that is what has to drive everything that you do in your business so when we the first thing i do with my customers is we go and we figure out what is at the heart of your business what it, what is it that is driving you and it's often not the customer. And so when we can start building a business from the place that is most important to you, everything else has to be in alignment and satisfy that particular need. So I absolutely agree that it is not necessarily the customer first. Sometimes it is, but if it's not, then we can't follow a business building and design framework that we have been taught. We have to come at it from a different angle.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So how would I start this journey to figuring out what is it that really lights me up versus the things that I have to do because I have a business?
1: Yeah, I think you have to go through the exercise, right? And this is this is the exercise I put people through is we talk about what each of those pillars is for, for that particular business owner. So who is that ideal customer that you want to work with? Who is What is that ideal offer? What is that ideal skill that you want to use? And what is that ideal way that you want to work? So we all have preferences in each of these pillars, and we we should design for them for sure. But then we run a test. We go through each one of these. and We say, okay, if I could have my ideal offer, my ideal skills and ideal way of working, but I couldn't work with that ideal customer, would I want to still do the work? And you run that test against each of those pillars, and it's going to become very clear which one of those is like the gut punch. And I knew that for me, it was like, I, there's a particular way that I want to work. I am a a strategist. I'm an advisor. I'm a mentor. I'm like the person who sees that higher level picture. I don't want to be down in details, doing project work and deliverables and, and details. If I had built my business according to what my customers wanted, that's what they would want. They would want me doing that work for them, but I would be miserable. It wouldn't be aligned with who I am. So I know for me, it was that because that was where the gut punch was. Now, we're, we're still going to build to optimize for all those four pillars, but we have to know what that one is for us before we start making any further decisions.
0: So you caught me. What if I go through this exercise and I go, uh-oh, I have this great business makes money. I'm kind of happy. Not my favorite. I went through this exercise that Stephanie just gave us and boom. Oh my gosh, I'm in the wrong thing or I'm doing it the wrong way. Then what? Yeah, well it
1: happens, right? And I've got a customer who is going through that right now. She's spent, you know, 4 or 5 years building this business and she, you know she's this is actually the second or third time we've worked together and she is finally admitting and realizing that everything we keep coming up with is true. So she's going to have to figure out how and we're going to have to figure out together how we actually pivot the work that she has created already and how does that Dovetail into the new business model. What she knows is she can't keep doing what she's doing because she's absolutely miserable. Now, sometimes people are absolutely miserable, and then it means that there's just like, you know, we have to make a change. Sometimes we've got a profitable business, but it's just not lighting you up anymore. So, what is? You know, people are either going to be in a place where they're just like, no, I'm either going to sell this part of my business or I'm going to sunset it because I just, you know, I'm I'm, I don't want to do it anymore. Or maybe there's another sort of hybrid model where this work can actually um, be a part of a new business model, but it's not the focus. Often, you know, we're not we're we're not typically going from like life coach to zookeeper, right? So there's usually <clears throat> more of a subtle shift, and the work that you've done already does probably have a bit of a fit. So oftentimes it's just like, how do we reposition the work and how do we leverage the work that's been done already into a new model that fits better? Sometimes it's yes, we're just going to shut this piece of the business down. So it really it's really about the business owner and how close they are to the work and and kind of where they're at with the work.
0: So what would be the process if I did have to close down part of the business? Sounds like there may be some emotional things we need to work through when we're making these pivots.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's part of the problem is that we haven't tapped into the emotional side of our business and we haven't, we haven't started from kind of who we are first. So there's a lot of emotion that goes along with change and change is always, um, difficult, right? It, 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 it For some people, it's really invigorating. But for most people, it's actually really, really challenging. And so if I do decide that I'm going to shut down some part of my business, it's, it's not often the case that you have to. But it's usually often a decision that comes from a place where I have become so lit up by the idea of what's new, that I'm ready, and I'm willing to do that. So if we're winding down a business, a couple of things can happen, we can either sell off that part of the business that I think a lot of people don't realize that that's a possibility and a capability for them. Um, or that be, that business becomes a part of the business that is run by an external team, or you have resources that are going to operate that part of the business, or we, we sunset it, right? We have a six to 12 month roll down strategy where, you know, we it's all mostly about communication and what do we do with the clients that we already have and and that sort of thing. But usually that only happens when you know that part of the business is suffering in some way, maybe because the business owner is just not interested in running it anymore. So I, I would typically see a shutdown when the business was struggling already. And so it almost feels like a relief for the business owner. So every situation is a little bit different, but there are lots of different options.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad you brought up these other options because I think sometimes we get into this thinking that if we're not doing this, uh, we have to close it to do something else. And I think um, it's very important that you brought up that it's something that maybe can morph into something else. Um, You don't necessarily have to kind of walk away completely from one thing to make it work as something else.
1: No, definitely not. And I I think that we've A lot of the work that I do is based on what I've come to call an asset-focused. And in service-based businesses, particularly, we tend to think that we don't have assets. And and we actually do. And when I do design work with my um, clients, we're trying to pull out those assets. We're trying to build assets. We're trying to build things in... Into the business that actually have grow in value and have longevity, and so most of the time, whatever they've created, we can pull those assets out of of what's existing, and usually they can support the new business model. So if we don't want to keep operating, we still have value in what's been created, and we're and that puts us further ahead in the new business model. But you know that's why someone hires someone like me because we can you know see that creativity and we can find that that path that we're best for the business owner. But I think the point here is that a lot of people try to fit into these sort of cookie cutter business models that they've heard kind of exist and it has to be this or it has to be nothing. And in my experience, business models are, are typically quite fluid. They're quite personalized. They have to be because everybody's got a slightly different perspective and a slightly different set of experiences and, and um, frankly assets that they can bring to the table. So we do need to be much more fluid in the way that we define businesses.
0: Yeah, I really like that because it is a lot about your unique talents and gifts that you're bringing to the world, whether products or services, it's what's been given to you to bring forward. And I love your approach that you can bring it forward in any of these different ways and by the way, create something that's unique to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen some pretty wild, (laughs) some pretty wild approaches that were perfectly suited to, um, to the business owner and they they felt so liberated because they could finally lean into what was really truly them and that's why I was asked the question first what does your business need to do for you not what does your business need to do for your customers and a lot of people are really confused by that question because they always are you know they're taught to to always answer that question from the perspective of the customer but when i say what does this business need to do to you or for you we get really different answers and if you're not paying attention to that you are going to continue down the road of building something that doesn't satisfy you, that doesn't feel fulfilling. And if those things are true, and we have identified your particular goals as a, as a human being and, and the values that you bring forward and what needs to be true in everything that you do, then we can make better decisions about the more technical things like, who are you serving? And what do your offers look like? And what do your products look like? And how do you structure them? Like Everything down to your pricing, everything needs to support That sort of the heart of your business and that core that we've identified already, but it has to come from you.
0: That's such an interesting way to look at it. It's completely different than, as we started with, the way that we're conventionally taught to think about opening or running businesses. Mm -hmm. So my question to you now is, how do you know if you are in love with your business, if maybe you're going through some kind of you know, cycle where something may be stressful and so you're not loving a thing about your business, but the business itself is still aligned for you. How can I tell the difference?
1: Well, so it's funny because um I have been in that situation before where, you know we had economic stuff going on, and you know, who knows? who knows what was going. there's a you know a hundred different things going on in the last couple of years. And I remember sitting and talking to my dad, and he said, He said, if somebody came and gave you, you know, all the money in the world that you needed to kind of live for the rest of your life and you, you never, you never had to do anything again, what would you do? And I said, the same thing, right? So, I know my my work and my business is so perfectly aligned to me because I have tried I have entertained the idea to the extent of going out and applying for jobs and you know trying out all of these different approaches and everything just felt so you have to be in tune with your body right and everything had this this real visceral physical no response when I would pursue it and I finally just leaned into the idea that this was it and this was this was my work so that frees me up to recognize that all of the work that I do to sell my business and to um, find clients and find customers is—it's all just a marketing problem. And I'm clear and absolutely sh- certain about the work that I'm going to do. So if you could ask yourself that question, and your response to it is, "Well, there's you know five other things that I'd rather be doing." That's great information, right? That we may want to look somewhere else. But again, coming back to those sort of four pillars, that is a truth-telling exercise, right? And if you answer those questions honestly, and you really lean into what, what you're feeling, that's going to come out in the wash, right? We're going to, from my experience, a business that makes lots of money does not always make somebody happy. I've seen people who have very profitable businesses who are just like, I want to burn it all down. So, so uh, you know, going through these exercises is, is honestly truth-telling and helps us get down back down to the core of who we are and as individuals and whether our business is really built to support that.
0: Yeah, that gets back to what is your business doing for you versus yep. what it's doing for the world. Now, so this gets back into a little bit of my own philosophy about entrepreneurship. And that is that if you were given a gift and a drive and something that you needed to bring, that it really is your duty to do so somebody put the seed in there, the universe, whoever planted the seed, put it in there, and you have this undeniable, unshakable belief that you should be doing something that you probably should be doing. If that's the case, then how do we make sure that we're starting from this place of, I know this is what I need to do. I maybe don't know how or why or how it serves me. Yeah. How would I look at this and make sure that I'm building something that I know needs to come out, but maybe I just don't know how to do it.
1: Mm, That's super interesting. And I, I think that there's a second layer, right? Of business design. So when we, so we, we work on the core, we understand what needs to be true in the business all the time. Like we understand our pillar, we understand our values, we understand our goals. We know what has to be true in the business. And then the second layer is like, okay, well, how do we do that now? So we can, um, we can ask a whole bunch of questions. And, you know, again, this is a place where a lot of people sort of default to what they've seen others do. So maybe I want a group program and maybe, you know, at on the surface, that sounds like it it makes a lot of sense for me because, you know, it's leveraged or, or what have you. But again, when I hear someone say that I recognize that they're trying to build something because of something that they've heard. But when I, when we've gone through this exercise of the, you know, with the four pillars, and I know that they have told me that the way that they want to work is one-on-one because they really need that feedback, right? They, they like that sort of intimate relationship that they have with their clients. And yet over here, they're trying to build a group program because it is leveraged. I have to come back to them and I have to say, you know, this is the thing that you told me in this pillar and so, you know, you're going to be compromising what's really true for you. So this is why we have to do this work first, because all of the decisions we make tactically about the, the products that we build or the, the services that we build have to satisfy what we've identified as absolutely critical for us to have true in our business. So if, if we're going down the, the road of building something, an offer that is, you know, out of alignment with who, what you what you know to be true about yourself then that's the time to shift, right? We have to just keep making those checks. So there's a lot of good information in that exercise. That That's why we do it first, because it's going to inform all the decisions we make down the road. So you know, based on who you are as a person, that's going to inform whether you're, you're building a services business or a product business or whether you're, you, know, you, need, you have this need to be extremely creative and, and fluid. And so that's going to mean that we, we design your services in a different way. So that's why it's so important to start there and to build out from who you are as opposed to starting with an offer, for example.
0: Yeah, I love that. So we want to take the idea internally first and figure out what is true for us before yes. we start thinking about anything else.
1: Absolutely. And this works. It's It just does. I mean, the, the realignment that a lot of people have had has just been you know, what, what the, the after effect and what ends up happening is they, they start to become quite successful because everything is totally in alignment with who they, what they value and who they are as a person. And so they can lean into the messaging and the marketing and the, the selling, and they no longer feel this conflict between, you know, what they're selling and what they're and what they believe. Right.
0: Yeah. That's so important to make sure that you are you know, in love with your offer as much as you're in love with your business. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. So, where can people find out more about you, about your services, where are your social links? Where can we find you?
1: So, my uh, everything is stephaniehays.biz, and that's H-A-Y-E-S. And my uh, my website is stephaniehays.biz, my Instagram is stephaniehays.biz, uh, even on TikTok. I'm getting into TikTok and <laughs> Stephaniehayes.biz. Hi, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm active on most channels, but you know, shoot me an email or, or connect with me on any of the channels and I'm always up for a conversation.
0: Love that. So we're going to put all of those links and everything down inside the show notes so that whenever you're listening to this episode, you can find all the information on Stephanie. And thank you so much for this conversation. I think it's important to make sure that we're doing not just what we love as a passion project, because we think that's what we should be doing, but that we're really, truly doing things the way we should be doing them. Again, like you said, to serve ourselves. That's right. Thank you so much for coming on today and having this conversation.
1: Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to connecting with your audience in the future.
0: Awesome. I will talk to you next time on the next episode of the Profit Accelerated Podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Profit Accelerated Podcast. If you want some more information about me or free resources, please visit my updated website, DonkKennedy.com. Follow me on social at DonkKennedyxo on Instagram and on Facebook at Donk Mentor. I'll see you next time.